All right, so as you know, I'm really such a big fan of Christianity, and, and I say this as a Jew, and I'm very proud to be a Jew. I'm a devout Jew, I would say. Uh, need to go to synagogue a little bit more often, but nevertheless, I, I deeply, deeply believe in God, as you know. And I'm so thankful to Christians out there, and, uh, and more particularly, Christianity, uh, for all that has contributed to civilization. Uh, as you may remember, a few months ago, uh, I did a podcast with uh, my now late friend, uh, Laird Greenfield. It um, ended up being one of the most popular podcasts that we've ever had. Uh, it was called Christianity Be Proud. Uh, sorry, Christians Be Proud. And um, the demand for more of that came through with a lot of our listeners. And uh, so I want to do that. And I couldn't think of somebody... Uh, more powerful and more uh, meaningful and more astute on the subject than my good friend, Dr. Bob Hamilton. Uh, Dr. Bob Hamilton is with me. He is an amazing man. He's, uh, he's a pediatrician. Uh, he's written a fantastic book uh, called uh, Seven Secrets of the Newborn. Um, and I hope I got the title right there. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, and also he has his own uh, podcast as well. And I, I'd love, what is the name of that, uh, Dr. Bob? called the Hamilton Review. Hamilton Review, that's right. And uh, he's just a man about town, and he's been our uh, children's uh, pediatrician as well. And uh, boy, what a blessing that was. I, I had no idea. I just, I just wanted to go to a really good pediatrician, and I heard about this Dr. Bob Hamilton guy, and uh, he seemed like a nice guy. And I, I looked on his bookshelf, and I saw all these wonderful books about uh, Christianity and faith and uh, how he loves America. And I thought, hmm, I think we found our man. <laughs> so uh, all of a sudden, uh, he's uh, not only our pediatrician, but became, we became good friends throughout the years. I love his family. Uh, I love everything about him. And he's been such a blessing to, um, I think, America and, and Western civilization, generally speaking. Uh, he's also the famous uh, YouTube uh, video star of the Hamilton Hold. Uh, so perhaps you've heard about this, that he, he found a unique way to get little infants to stop crying and to soothe them. And there's a special hold that he managed to uh, adopt and, and he just shows it on YouTube. So go check that out too, uh, the Hamilton hold on YouTube. I think it'll be, you'll be, uh, if you are a, uh, a new parent, especially a new mom, I think you'll, you'll really appreciate this. Anyway, Dr. Bob Hamilton, thank you so much for being on the Brock Lurie podcast today. Thank you. Thank you, Barack. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for your kind introduction. Yeah, you bet. Well, today I do want to speak about Christianity. And, you know, you and I have spoken so much about faith and you've been such a big supporter of, of my books. And, and we've just had such wonderful intellectual stimulation, a true a joy to uh, be in front of your, your church, for example, um, and speak before them. And boy, it's, it's such a nice time um, for for Jews and Christians, the bonding that's going on uh, between the two faiths, realizing that we are indeed uh, dependent on one another. Uh, we Jews need Christians, um, and I, I believe Christians need Jews. Um, and it, this, this new discovery is a wonderful thing. And I have to tell you, so many of my friends now are, are great devout Christians. And I, I don't know if I've ever told you this, uh, this little hypothetical, uh, Bob, where um, if you had two conference rooms, right? One, one is a conference room and I'll give this to you. One is a conference room where it's all 
uh, men in your age group, I won't say what your age group is, but let's say, you know, your decade, let's put it that way, all okay. of whom are uh, pediatricians, uh, all of whom live in the Los Angeles area, okay? And there's about 500 of those guys, all right? That's, that's conference room A, okay. and that's it. That's all you know about them. Um, but they're very similar to you, right? I mean, and they all wear glasses like you do. How about, how about that? And then there's conference room B. Conference room B is also 500 people, except that uh, it is, has all walks of life. There are, there are men and women, there are old and young, um, there are people of all nationalities, all skin colors. Uh, there's some Eskimos there for that matter. There are Native Americans for that matter. Everyone that you can possibly imagine. Um, they're fat and skinny and tall and short and so on. You get the idea. But they all have one thing in common. They all deeply love God. Okay. Yep. Which which conference room do you want to go to? Well, that, that that's a pretty simple one. I'd rather go to the one where you have a little bit of diversity, and and uh, because I think that makes for a more interesting uh, world. And and if they all, by the way, if if all of those five hundred people look like me, wore glasses, were my sixties, <laughs> that would be like the most boring room in the world. So I mean, I, I definitely would slip uh, through the cracks and get into the other room based on that alone. But uh, it's interesting, uh, you know, Barack, you mentioned this idea of, of the diversity in, in, the, in, uh, in people who are, who are God-fearing. And this is really very, very true within the Christian world. I, I, as you know, I do a lot of international work, uh, medical, I lead medical mission teams to, to Central America, South America, Africa. I've been to Africa 26 times, and I just got back from Colombia, Couple, a couple weeks ago, really. And um, you know what? We're, we're very different. We look very different. We have, we're different economically. We have different educational um, uh, levels. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, financially, these, some of these people live in, in dire poverty, really. But I will tell you that going, you know, worshiping together in these churches that we go to is, honestly, I, I feel... So at home, I feel like this is like yeah. wonderful, and yeah. and I know that that's that's true within uh, the Jewish world as well. When you uh, the Chabadniks, if you go to, uh, you know, I know people who've gone to China, for example, and have had a uh, a Shabbat dinner in you know Shanghai or something with uh, you know co-religionists <laughs> over there, they feel that same sense of, of fidelity toward those people. Isn't that interesting? You know, I, and I agree with you, of course, the fidelity. It's not even a question of diversity. I mean, to me, I, I couldn't care less about the skin color and everything else. And yes, it happens to be diverse. And I, and I like that aspect of it. But to me, uh, you know, the measure of a man, measure of a woman, uh, you know, the first thing I think of when I want to relate to somebody is, does this person believe in God? Does, does, is God a, a big part of this person's life? And if, it's, if it is so, I instantly feel a bond with them. I just love it. I just love it. And it's, you know, maybe that's just me. Uh, Maybe other people bond on golf and mountain biking and uh, veganism for that matter. Uh, But I, you know, and those things are nice. Uh, There's some people who play mahjong and chess and, but there's nothing (laughs) wrong with that. But, but the God bond, there's nothing like it. Um, And, and that you instantly connect on, on so many different levels. Uh, anyway, so let me, let me kind of focus on our topic at hand, which is, you know, Christians be proud. Um, yeah. we, be, we talked before when I was with Larry, we spoke about how Christians 
you know, thank God for Christians uh, and Christianity, because without them, we wouldn't have the things we, so many of the things we treasure. I, we spoke about the university. We spoke about the school system. We spoke about the charity system, as we know and appreciate it today. Uh, we spoke about the scientific method uh, and how science itself would not be anywhere close to what it is today. We wouldn't have we wouldn't have discovered the Big Bang, just for example. We wouldn't have discovered uh, the theory of relativity and so many other things without Christianity. Um, with Judaism, of course, we have the notion of truth and justice, uh, the sense of uh, generational demands and a sense of belonging in the family. These are all important things that, of course, Christianity has adopted as well. It's part and parcel sure. of Christianity. But yeah. nevertheless, uh, in particular, Christians um, uh, need to be proud of this. And I say, I say this because... You know, if Christians saw themselves as a people in the same way that, I don't know, France, uh, French people see themselves as a people, uh, you would see how proud you should be of all the accomplishments that Christianity and its basic tenets have offered. Um, and somehow this, this crazy notion, Christianity, yeah. I put that in, in air quotes, of course, somehow <clears throat> managed to develop the system's greatest societies. Um, and because of it, we now have freedom and democracy, which we treasure so much. We have uh, so many wonderful things that I, that I already just described. Um, and I want to get into a little bit more of that, of, of the contributions of Christianity. And, and I, I'd love to hear your thoughts about it sure. as a Christian yourself, uh, Dr. Bob, uh, because, you know, as I, as I studied and did some more homework about what Christianity has offered the world, um, you know, together with Judaism, but really amplified by Christianity, um, you have the the notion, our notion of um, uh, the strength of America, of free speech and liberty, right? Free speech itself. And I write about this in my book, Atheism Destroys. Uh, we would not have free speech. People take it for granted, we, but we just wouldn't have it. I, I go into length about that. Uh, yeah. So it's another discussion for another day. And in fact, I did have a podcast about free speech and God. We cannot have free speech without God. And uh, you cannot have God without free speech. They, they, they go hand in hand. But people seem to think that somehow that could be very different. There's also um, the notion of uh, caring for mental health, for the environment, for the very notion of tolerance, for civil rights. Uh, so many of the things that we treasure um, today are in fact the product of Christianity. They are. Um, the, the family, uh, without, I mean, look at all that, the, the great good that Christianity gave to the world by emphasizing the family. Uh, focus on the family, for example, right? I mean, literally, it's a great title uh, of that great radio show. Yeah. And um, people don't realize that without Christianity, we would have a world full of incest, of cannibalism. It, it's just, it's just true. You, you may not want it to be. You may despise Christianity for whatever reason uh, in your heart. You want to despise it or you think it's a religion that doesn't make sense, whatever. But you cannot deny the extraordinary uh, accomplishments of Christianity. You just can't deny it. And, and this is what I want people to be able to understand. Right. Um, it, tell me more if you if you like, because uh, sure, I mean, yeah. I've, so, I've got so many other things I can talk about, like a, a the you know the the notion of fighting against sex trafficking, the the end of slavery, uh, the work ethic that that you know uh, Christianity has given us, Alcoholics Anonymous, um, 
law and order for that matter, the, the notion of fair play in war. I mean, this is all because of Christianity, my friends, all yeah. of it. Anyway, go ahead, Dr. Bob. So let me, let me jump in here and say a couple of things. First of all, um, I totally agree with everything you're saying, Brock. I, I want to I throw this back at you and, and kind of say, you know, thank God for uh, Judaism and, and, uh, and Jews be uh, proud as well, because really you have to realize that Christianity is a, a, is a branch off of Judaism. And, and no. this was a, <clears throat> excuse me, this was a, an idea, a concept that I really never understood as a young boy growing up in a, in a church. I grew up in a, a Baptist church in, in a small town in Northern California. You know, listen, uh, I, and I think I've mentioned this to you, Barack, but for those listening, I thought that the Jews, I, there were no Jews in my town. Okay. So I thought the Jews were a historic people. I, you know, we, you know, they mentioned them obviously in the Bible. Oh in my the God, that's so funny. In the Old yeah. Testament. So I thought that they were historic people, kind of like the Hivites, the Parasites, and the Zebulites, uh, and, and <laughs> ancient, you know, ancient tribes which no longer existed. And that was my concept. But when I became a young man, I began to realize, hold on, there are, there are actually there are Jews in the world today. They're, they're still alive. And I, and I think that, you know, um, actually, I will, I will tell you that one of the people say, why do you believe in God? This is, I'm quoting somebody. And, you know, they say, what is, you know, what is your foundation? Why do you believe in God? And, and one of the answers, which is, and I'm kind of agreeing with this, is because of the Jews. And yeah. the fact that the Jews are still around after being kicked around the earth so much, that the fact that they're still alive and have their own country now is kind of a, a tribute, I think, to God's goodness in their life. So we as Christians are, you have to realize that we have been engrafted. We, call, we say this freely. In, within the church, we say we've been engrafted into the root of, of Jesse, the, this concept of being engrafted into this vine. And so the concepts of, of Judaism, which are the Ten Commandments, the Noahide, uh, the Noahide uh, covenants, and what have you, these are really derived from Judaism completely. Uh, and, I, and I tell people, listen, uh, Barack, while your people were uh, organizing uh, the Torah and writing wonderful things, uh, and and organizing uh, your lives, my 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 uh, you know ancestors, relatives, yeah. and mm -hmm. my ancestry were running around naked in in Norway and Sweden and right. fighting each other like a bunch of barbarians because we were barbarians. So Christianity really did uh, bring civilization, but it was because it was founded upon this Judaic foundation. And I will tell you that one of the things that has be, became clear to me when I got to Los Angeles in particular, and I began to really enmesh myself, here I am on the west side of Los Angeles, and everybody around me is Jewish. I mean, honestly. So all of my patients are Jewish, and I, and I kind of had to learn a little bit about the Jewish faith and, and uh, a little bit about uh, other than the oh, that you know, is so funny. That the the so biblical, funny. you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I had to learn yeah. about you know, contemporary Judaism. And uh, I've also been to Israel uh, several times now. But the reality is I begin to realize that my mind, my brain, the way I thought was exactly like a conservative brain, a conservative Earth, uh, Jewish brain. In other words, right. my, right. my... I have noticed that, yes. My ethics my morality, what I think is important, this concept of family that you referred to, all these things are honestly equivalent to all of my Jewish friends. It, this yeah. is not, 
isn't like I'm dealing with a, you know, and, and it took me a while to kind of figure that out, but I figured it out. And so, you know, what you're saying, Barack, is really, you know, we we as Christians, the reason why we've had a, a big impact on the world is because there are more of us, okay? There are more Gentiles than there are Jews. But let's be honest, when you look at the, look at Judaism and you look at Jewish people and the contributions that they have made to uh, science and Nobel Prizes and literature and everything, honestly, I have to tell you, uh, for the size of the Jewish population out there, you guys have made a inordinate contribution oh, yeah. no, I, to this world. Well, th- I, thank I, you for saying I that. Know I, that. Yeah, I, I so appreciate that. And it's look, I, I love being Jewish, and I'm I'm pr- look, I am proud of being a Jew. I, I'm yeah. extraordinarily proud, and part of that pride comes from the fact of all the contributions that Jews have given the world uh, and civilization and the inventions and the discoveries and the entertainment and the books and the, you know, and the, and the art and the music, it's extraordinary. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'll turn to an atheist and say, what have you done for us lately? Right? Nothing. Bubkis, as we say in Yiddish and Christianity, of course, can say the extraordinary talents and the gifts that, that Christians uh, throughout Christianity and Christendom have given us. It's extraordinary. And yeah. we need to have that sense of, of pride in it. Look, they, they, there's there is gay pride, right? People talk about that. That's a that's a phrase. I'm not meaning to belittle it or to, you know to put it out of perspective, but they use the word pride. Why can't Christians be proud? Yeah. Right. I mean, we, well, we I, are I, under assault uh, as a Western civilization um, by the I, godless, I we, and that I we have need to deal with it. Yeah, I think we do have a sense of of who we are. I, I don't. I don't necessarily. You know, we 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 try to avoid the word pride in, in Christendom because we look at that as being not necessarily. As I said, yeah, that's true. But in terms of having that sense of confidence, here's here's. Let me just say a very important thing. Here's what Christianity does, and I'll share this as a personal comment about my family. My father was a Navy guy who grew up pretty much a religious. He was a, was a pretty hard living guy, uh, probably heading himself for major, major trouble in his life. Uh, met my mother. They were married. They had a, a child or two. And what happened is my father began to attend a, a church in my hometown, Eureka, and he he really had a true conversion relation a, con, a conversion experience with Christ, and you know we call that you know being born again or you whatever however you want to whatever phraseology yeah. you yeah. want to say mm-hmm. it was a moment it was a as we say a, a come to Jesus moment okay and <laughs> that's kind of used derogatory in a derogative way sometimes but it was that that's what happened so my father what he did is he became a convert to the faith. And so that was a powerful moment. And here's the beauty of Christianity. Christianity had, and this is Judaism as well, this whole concept of redemption. Redemption. In other words, things that are, that are bad can be renewed. There's that sense of forgiveness. The, the, the God of our fathers, the, the Yahweh, the God of, of the Jews, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, He's a forgiving God. He, he's a God of love. He's a God of compassion. He's a God of second chances. And um, certainly we see that within, when you read the Old Testament and you read, look at the, the nastiness of, uh, you know, some of the, the early, you know, Jewish leaders and what have you. You know, uh, Barak, the, the God of, of, of our fathers uh, is a God of compassion and he does, he does forgive, right? 
And, yep. and that concept, that idea that you can be going in a very bad direction and self-destructive, um, whatever, you know, and you're, you're drinking, you're, you're snorting cocaine, you're doing all the bad things in life, you're adultery. In, in, in my case, eating too many potato chips. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's hope, <laughs> there's hope for you too, Barack. But this concept of, of redemption is a powerful Judeo-Christian concept. Yes. yes. And and we call it, you know, and, and people mock it. They kind of laugh at it and kind of go, oh, you're a, you know, a Bible thumper. Yeah, I'm a Bible thumper. You can call me that. But the point is, all of that stuff is is the whole thing is that that the concept is that you can you can be heading in the wrong direction and you can turn around. And you know, when you, and then you, you know, there is a, a phrase in, I think it's the Old Testament, we enter his courts, um, we, we enter his gates with thanksgiving, we enter his courts with praise. This concept of being appreciative and thankful and recognizing who God is, um, it isn't like we're so great. We, you know, there is a reason why every year uh, the Jews get together and have a thing called Yom Kippur. Uh, because every year you gotta you gotta keep repenting. Christians, we do it more frequently because I think maybe I'm not sure we're as evolved as the Jews, but we're repenting all the time. Um, but the idea is that need to to look up at God and see, really understand who God is. That there is a God who's bigger than us. And and the going back to your comment, Barack, in terms of why we feel that sense of a brotherly love, that uh, filial uh, relationship with with believers is because really by definition, people who have a sense of God, have a belief in God also have an innate humility, uh, yeah. a humbleness because it's really hard to be super proud and arrogant and puffed up. Uh, if you know that there's a God in heaven, who's looking down at the, on the affairs of men and you can only, you can't get away with that stuff for too long uh, because you know that there's a higher authority and that sense of, higher authority, which I, I feel, I feel on a, on a day by day basis. Yeah. And I know you do too. And that kind of, you know what, kind of keeps you in line, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. And, and I want to ask you what you think about this approach. And let me just kind of lay it out and tell me if, if this resonates with you. One of the things, and again, this is about being proud of being Christian um, and why we call it Christians be proud because, you know, as a Jew, we have no choice but to push back when this certainly historical, when people used to attack us, attack us either physically or verbally, we would have to be ready. We'd have to know why we believe what we believe. Uh, we would have, you know, information about our past and the accomplishments that we've made and sometimes to defend even our faith itself. Um, and, and that's what we know. And we know that that has helped us survive as a people. If we simply sat down and said, okay, well, you can believe in, in destroying us and that's your business. And, and that we, we, we had to have fighters uh, and look, and, and when we didn't have fighters, um, horrific things happened. It was when we have fighters such as now we now have with Israel, uh, thank God for Israel, we now have strength um, and the ability to fight back all the more so. Yeah. But we as the Jewish people have had to fight back and had to struggle. And I think that the Christians are the new Jews in many ways now. I, I don't know that many Christians see the coming onslaught of godlessness 
in this country. The the number of nuns, N-O-N-E-S, uh, has uh, mushroomed to bizarre proportions in America. I'm not even talking necessarily about active atheists, but people that describe themselves as having no affiliation with any church of any kind uh, or, or synagogue for that matter, and uh, deciding that uh, God is just irrelevant in, in their lives, uh, which I think is, is extremely dangerous and very, very uh, toxic for civilization, generally speaking. And people are forgetting the reason why we have civilization in the first place. And as I often make it my metaphor, it's as if we're flying in an airplane and while we're cruising at uh, 30,000 feet, uh, we look around and say, oh, everything looks good. And we, why do we need an engine? Why do we need a pilot? You know, we're, we're here. <laughs> and, and forgetting of all the things that it took to get there. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the way I feel about it. Now, when, when somebody attacks uh, Christianity, and I've seen it happen, and I used to do it myself when I was an atheist, Dr. Bob, I would say, how could you believe in this nonsense, blah, blah, blah. And I, I remember respecting the Christians who said, let me tell you a little bit about Christianity. Let me tell you about God. How can you can explain free will without God, without, yeah. you know, and, and so on. And they understood how to, to talk to me. And those are the ones that I respected and actually who opened up my mind. The ones who said, well, you know, I understand, you know, I, I, you know, you can believe what you believe and that's okay. And we just believe what we believe in. And being a Christian has made me a better person and a happier person. Um, that's nice. I mean, I, I believe all of that, but it wasn't enough. Um, and I think we're getting to a point where Christians need to act a little bit more like Jews in the sense, not necessarily the belief system, of course, but in terms of being able to, to push back um, and to fight back. And, I, and I, I said this to a friend the other day, if someone were to say to you, Dr. Bob, when you were younger and such, and your parents were both alive and, and to say, uh, hey, you know, your mama, you know, slept with me last night and whatever like that, you, you would, you would bristle and you would say, how dare you speak about my mama about that, right? Yeah. We would all do that. Yep. And yet when it comes to God, people say the most horrific things about God and we don't say anything back. They say your mama when it comes to God and yep. we just take it. And I, I think, I think God expects more of us. I, I think we need to be more like the great rebels of the Warsaw ghetto uprising uh, and, and fight for God when we need to, uh, we need to push back and say, how can you believe in atheism? How can you, can, that, that's the most destructive force in history. Um, they, they are just not informed about the destructive nature of atheism, a, a world without God. And I just, and I see such joy in what I'm seeing among my Christian friends and such great accomplishments and such peace among them. I, I, I think we need to, to talk and to be much yeah. more active when we have that sort of confrontation. What's your take? Am I, am I wrong well, I, on that? I, think, I, I, do, I do think that there is, uh, certainly among the people I know, there is a pushback. Uh, it isn't, uh, you know, we, we're not typically overly aggressive about it, but I do think that when you have a real conversation with a person, first of all, most people do not want to engage the conversation. Yes. They kindly make comments, but if you really say, hold on, do you, do you know, what, are, what, do, what do you believe, you know? Because a lot of right. times really have a real solid belief they kind of have this very kind of vague belief in in uh, nothing some of them but some of them <laughs> right. believe in nature they believe in pantheism or a kind of a non a non very non-specific uh, faith in anything really 
-hmm. and they're kind of agnostics. They don't actually don't spend a lot of time doing, uh, you know, thinking about it. I do think that there, you know, there is, I think Socrates said it, that a life that is not uh, reflected upon is not a a life not worth living. Um, And I do, I do find that there is, you know, America does tend toward commercialism and materialism and we get involved with trying to make a living and all these things. So you don't have a lot of time for deep thought, but I think that at some point you have to kind of start look around and kind of go, okay, who am I? What am I? What is this all about? Because really when you stand back and look at the earth and you look at the universe and you look at life itself. And, and I guess that because Barack, I deal with life every day, I see new babies being born and I see these wonderful little cherubs, you know, in their mother's arms. And I kind of go, this is a full on miracle. This is a miracle. Yeah. And, yeah. and you kind of go, and it, it, did this just truly just happen? I mean, is this just all kind of a <laughs> meaningless yes. uh, event that just kind of evolved out of no re- for no good reason? I mean, the mind itself, the brain is so complex. And I, I just don't think there, you know, we know how old the universe is approximately about what, 12 billion years old. That's not that much time. To, <laughs> right, exactly right. To, to, to create to, that sort of incredible, extraordinary to, complexity in life. It's, it's so true. And, and, you know, I often say, you know, and I help a lot of my Christian friends kind of deal with atheists because I have been an atheist and I used to mock Christianity myself. I said, sure. because they, they go into talking about Jesus and his works and what he said and such. And I said, Look, that does not work. That will not work on an atheist. So I, I have an expression. I say, first God, then Jesus. Okay, get to get to <laughs> the notion. A of a, start. No, I love yeah. Get to uh, a creator first, and then talk about whether that creator is the same as the God of the Bible, and then talk about Jesus. Okay, it's one step at a time, and and to complement Christianity, by the way, think of it like trying to teach your five-year-old uh, calculus right before he's even learned uh, addition and subtraction. Right? It's yeah. it's silly. You wouldn't do that. Um, but but that's uh, a lot of my Christian friends. Unfortunately, they they start off with what. Jesus has taught and, and that he died for our sins, I, I, I beg that you first start off proving that there is a creator to the universe, then to establish that that creator is probably the creator, uh, the, the God of the Bible. Look, and I know you need to go and, and, and we should, you know, I want to respect your time, but look at how you, Dr. Bob, when you deal with somebody uh, who's, let's say an atheist, somebody who's agnostic, Let's let's face it. Atheists and people who do not have God in their lives tend, as a general rule, not to be as charitable, not to be as involved in good works and such. You, uh, you know, you've got this argument to be able to say, "Look, I've gone to Africa twenty six times. I was originally in Colombia. Why? He, he was there to give his time, for, you know, without charge, uh, to these people that have babies that need medical help." And he yeah. rallies a whole bunch of other doctors. It's incredible what he's done. And you, you will not get that from a secular group. You just won't. Not, not to the level that Dr. Bob has given. I'll give another example of that. Um, you may know about the terrible scourge of uh, sex trafficking. Well, you know, there's always been the fight against sex trafficking, and most of them came from feminist groups. And that's great. I mean, I understand that. But they, they accomplished very little. Uh, other than a lot of lip service. Um, but it was only when the Christian groups got involved that they really started putting a, a dent in the sex trafficking world. It's, I wish it were zero, but boy, oh boy, they're doing some great work out there. And it's because of faith. It's not, it's, they, they liken themselves to the abolitionists of the old days. 
sure. which again, we're predominantly Christian. Thank you very much. Yep. So look, this is all about understanding one very powerful phrase that I'm sure that you are very familiar with, Dr. Bob. In, in, in the Talmud, we have an expression, uh, if I'm not for myself, who will be? Right? I'm sure you've heard that. Yes. And, and I, I would love my Christian friends to understand that if you are not for Christianity, who will be? Yeah. Right? Don't count on the atheists and the agnostics to figure it out. You have to talk about the great accomplishments of Christianity and your Christian friends and the, the lives that they lead. And then push back and say, yep. you know, especially if they say that they're an atheist, to say, oh, you're in great company. Hitler was a, an atheist. Stalin was an atheist. Mao was an atheist, and so on. And you'd be right. It's um, true. And so, so know your history. Know not only the Christian history, know the horrific history of atheism, and you will win the debate. It will, if you won't convert them that moment, it will plant the seed. It will change. We need you to fight for yourselves. God is counting on you. So let me let me just make a one last comment, then we can uh, wrap it up here. You know, one of the one of the reasons why Christians do what they do is because of the person Jesus. And and this, when you look at the life of Jesus, he was a he was a humble man. He did things. He did things that were practical. He he fed people. He healed people. He he spent his time with the outcast, uh, the lepers, the prostitutes. I mean, these were the people that Jesus really looked at and and elevated them. And so when, as Christians, we were called to be Christians, or that means to be like Christ. Okay. Well, if, if we're really going to do that, we have to emulate his actions. And so, and also we're told to go into all the world and, and preach the gospel, the good news. And that, that good news is bringing health and restitution. This, again, this concept of redemption, redemption, uh, takum olam, I think is how you guys say it. Right. Heal um, the world. Uh-huh. Heal the world. And so there, that is deep in our DNA. And so, you know, Christians do what we do because of that sense of, of that, you know, that deep, that, that love of, for Christ and, and his example in our life. And so that's our motivation. And, and so, you know, yeah, I've, I've done a lot of things. Thank you for your kind comments, Brock. But really, my motivation is not for Bob Hamilton. I mean, it's, you know. No, not uh, at all. No, no, it's no. Really, I, I know. It's, it's a bigger picture. And I, and I think that the people who do these incredible things like the sex trafficking and the William, Wilbur, Wilbur, Wilberforce's, William Wilberforce is the guy who was the abolitionist in, in Britain uh, who ended uh, slave, the slave trade. These people yep. were really uh, had a, a higher motivation. And I think that that does drive Christi uh, Christians to do what they do. Yeah. I mean, it, the atheist, uh, you know. <laughs> What I see from them is that they, they, they uh, dedicate a certain section of the 405 freeway and say, you know, sponsored by uh, Atheists United. That's that you can see, it, you know, there you go. <laughs> and they, they recycle every once in a while. But other than that, you know, what have you done? Nothing. Right. And it's anyway, the point is, I thank you so deeply, uh, Dr. Bob, for for being part of uh, the Bruckler show. Please check out uh, Dr. Bob's own podcast, The Hamilton Review. It is delightful. His book is extraordinary. The Seven uh, Secrets of the uh, Newborn. Newborn. Of the Newborn. Yeah. Seven Secrets of the Newborn. Yeah. It was a major bestseller, and it's such a great book. It's it's engaging. If you're a parent, uh, you'll love it. Uh, not only about how to raise your own kids, but also you'll see uh, the Spirit of God in, in that book as well. So 
Uh, God bless you for all the great work that you do, Dr. Bob. And uh, I can't wait to see you again and, and hopefully have you again on the Brock Larry Podcast. Thank you, Brock. Pleasure. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.